Welcome to Pandemics. We are here to talk about the largest pandemics in the history of humankind and other species on the Earth. I'm your host, Dr. Avi. If you'd like to hear about a particular pandemic or epidemic, please send me an email at pandemicpod21 at gmail.com or send me a text at 737-242-0987. You can also request a topic by sending a donation of $10 or more to our PayPal account at pandemicpod21 at gmail.com. Thank you and welcome to Pandemics. Pandemics have likely been a part of human history starting about 300,000 years ago with the advent of modern humans. We are susceptible to multiple viruses, bacteria, and fungi for hundreds of thousands of years, and this has likely increased since we started domesticating animals about 10,000 years ago. But before we get into how humans became susceptible to pandemics, we should look at the evolution of humans and why pandemics and epidemics happen so commonly and why they have happened so quickly over the past several decades. The way humans adapted into their current form is sort of the same way virus and bacteria evolved into their species. We adapt to survive. Viruses, bacteria, fungi, and all the species in the world have a natural selection in order to survive. It is sort of like a playoff scenario. The best team is the only one that survives. It is adapted to the game so that it can beat the other ones in a head-to-head match. A good example is the San Francisco 49ers of the 80s. Joe Montana, a small quarterback with the inability to throw extremely deep passes, was the quarterback. Bill Walsh developed a strategy which is known today as the West Coast Offense, which is many short passes and a robust running game that uses the passes as a type of a running game. Once it was shown in the playoffs that such a scenario was successful and could win the Super Bowl, many of the teams in the leagues also developed this type of offense. This developed in the current state of the National Football League. The same thing happens in evolution. Naturally, the strongest and most adapted species tend to become the most dominant, as the most dominant one becomes the one that can actually be adapted to climate pandemics, and the other ones really don't make it or become extinct. We, as Homo sapiens, came directly from what's called Homo heidelbergensis. This species existed about 2 million years ago, and then diverged into Homo sapiens, the Neanderthals, and the Denosovans. As we now know, the Neanderthals and the Denosovans had some interbreeding with Homo sapiens, and most of us humans have some Neanderthal and Denosovan DNA. In fact, Micronesians have up to 5% Denosovan DNA. So what does this have to do with human pandemics? When we evolved into what we think as Homo sapiens approximately 300,000 years ago, we had limited pathogens compared to what ails us today. About 300,000 years ago, humans used to live in sub-Saharan Africa, amongst wild beasts like lions, tigers, elephants, and many more animals. These animals likely did not transmit many pathogens to humans, as they lived in the area and coexisted with these animals. 
the Neanderthals and Denisovans emerged from prehistoric humans and moved north. Neanderthals likely in Europe and Denisovans in Micronesia and possibly Asia. Interestingly, the Neanderthals and Denisovans likely had some protection against the pathogens in their areas. They therefore had some adaptations to local the local to adapt to the local flavor of pathogens. When Homo sapiens came and invaded these areas and took these areas, it is possible that human, the modern humans introduced disease that are, these archaic humans did not have, and killed off these populations through disease. Somehow, through the mixing of these species, modern humans likely developed more adaptations to the different parts of the area where they lived at the time. It is also possible that a volcano or asteroid may have annihilated the populations as we knew them, but mass extinctions have many flavors. It is also possible that Neanderthals and the Denisovans introduced diseases that were not native to the modern human and therefore caused mass extinctions of different populations of modern humans. It's also it's an advantage that Homo sapiens had was that they were in Africa and already exposed to many primates. The primates are the largest source of pathogens to humans, as they were the closest in relation. This is why being exposed to a monkey can cause humans to get disease, while exposure to other animals that are sick with a virus or bacteria can be harder for humans to get sick, or there is an intermediate host to infect humans. Some variations in human species was the development of beta and alpha thalassemia, sickle cell disease, and glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency. What we think is these traits were developed to selectively combat malaria. Malaria is caused by a single-celled organism, sort of like a bacteria, called a plasmodium. It is infected by a, a mosquito that is endemic to a to Africa. The minor forms of disease, meaning people that harbor one mutation, not both, but not the full disease, have traits that benefit these people from getting malaria in zones where malaria is endemic. In any case, humans going from Africa to Europe may have introduced new pathogens, possibly even malaria, to the Neanderthals and caused a mass extinction, causing them to die off because modern humans were a harbinger of these novel diseases to Neanderthals. This probably also happened with the Denosovans. Using the modern human brain, humans then started to adapt to a variety of different environments. These environments introduced several different pathogens from other species, as those species were not as indigenous to the areas where humans started. Approximately 30 to 40,000 years ago, modern humans started migrating out of Africa to Eurasia, encountering these species that were not native to the area where humans originated. When that happened, as our population grow, domestication of animals including cattle, dogs, cats, and other animals happened. This further created new harbors for human disease. Many of these modern pandemics are a result of humans being in close contact with animals that humans weren't originally in contact with, like bats, pangolins, different types of birds, pigs, and even cows. With the advent of modern medicine, we've been able to navigate around many of the disease states by development of treatment regimens. 
including vaccines, antibiotics, and antivirals, to make these diseases either less severe or, in the case of polio, eliminate the disease completely. We've also eliminated disease like malaria from Europe and the United States, where these may have killed many people in the past. So I ended this podcast a little bit quickly because I have a lot to do in the next podcast. So what can you expect from the podcast pandemic? My goal is to get you information about pandemics in the past, to educate you, the listener, about how we ended previous pandemics and how we will end this one, the COVID-19 one, as well. This may seem like there is no end in sight, but yes, there is. There is an end. Hopefully by the time the series is over, the pandemic will also be all over. Thank you for listening to Pandemic. This is your host, Dr. Avi. Avi.